Anyone whose hijrah, whose migration is for Allah and His Messenger, then the reward of his migration will be as a migration to Allah and His Messenger. And anyone whose migration is for the sake of some worldly motive that he wants to attain, or a woman that he wants to marry, therefore his hijrah and his migration and the reward of that or the lack of thereof will be based upon what he traveled and what he migrated for. Whatever you migrated for and whatever intention you had, that is the reward you will receive. And this hadith is narrated by the two imams of hadith. Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Ismail ibn Ibrahim ibn al-Mughira ibn Bardizba al-Bukhari al-Ju'fi and Abu al-Hussein Muslim ibn al-Hajjaj ibn Muslim al-Qushayri al-Naysafuri radiyallahu anhumah and these are the two Imam Bukhari and Muslim. They've narrated this hadith in their two authentic compilations, which is the most authentic of all books that have been compiled. So first and foremost, the first statement in this hadith is, An Amir al-Mu'mineen. How did Umar radiallahu anhu get the title of Amir al-Mu'mineen? It's mentioned here, huwa awwal man laqab bihi ala al-umum, aw min al-khulafa. He was the first one to get this laqab of Amir al-Mu'mineen. And the reason behind that is لِاسْتِثْقَالِهِمْ خَلِيفَةَ خَلِيفَةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ We know that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, what was his laqab and his title? It was Khalifatu Rasulillah. The successor, the deputy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So it was difficult for them to say the deputy of the deputy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So it was mentioned as it said by Adi ibn Hatim Walabid ibn Rabi'ah, they were a waft that came from Iraq. And when they were, came, they were coming, they uh, addressed Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu by saying about him that Ya Amin al-Mu'mineen, O the leader of the believers. Like this. And this is a very lofty maqam that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu has been given. In another narration, it says that in one of the, uh, in one incident, between Makkah and Ta'if, there was some people that were there, this is after when Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu was uh, there and some of the people wanted to make bay'ah at his hand. They said, مَا نَدْعُوكَ what should we call you? What should we? What is your title? He said, "Antumul Mu'minun wa ana Amirukum." He said, "You are the believers, and I'm a, an Amir over you. I'm a, your leader or your guide over you." قالوا أنت إذن أمير المؤمنين ثم مضوا ولقوا عيرا لقريش فقتلوا عمر بن حضرمي في أول يوم من رجب كافرا وأسروا إثنين وغنموا ما كان معهم. And the story goes on, but the main point to understand about this that they called him, he was the first one to be known as Amir al-Mu'minin, and the incident goes like this: that you are the believers, and I'm placed as an Amir over you. And it's an interesting point that is mentioned here that Ibn Khalwai, who was one of the uh, scholars. He said the different names of those people who 
are leaders or people who are uh, uh, that are governing over a, a tribe or over a people. Kullaman malak al-Muslimin al-Mu'minin. Anybody who is a gov- governing over the believers, over the general believers, his title is Amir al-Mu'minin. And then he mentions waman malak al-Rum, fahuwa Qaisar. The person who is the governing over the Romans, he's known as Caesar. Waman malak al-Qibt, fahuwa Fir'aun. The one who is a leader over the Coptics, he's known as a Pharaoh. وَمَنْ مَلَكَ مِصْرَ فَهُوَ عَزِيزٌ And the one who is a governor or governing over Egypt, particularly, he's called an Aziz. وَمَنْ مَلَكَ الْحَبَشَ فَهُوَ نَجَّاشِ نِكِسْ The one who uh, rules over Abyssinians, the title that was given to him, historically is talking about the different titles that are given to rulers. The one who rule, rules over Abyssinia, he's known as Najashi. Waman Malak al Yemen, the one who is a ruler over the, the Yemen, he's called Tubba. Tubba. Right? Waman Malak Himyal, Fahua Qail. Al Qail. These are the very interesting different wordings of in the commentaries that okay, the believers, their leader is called Amir al Mu'minin. Just like the rulers of all these other uh, people or different tribes or different regions, they're given the title of Caesar, they're given the title, oh yeah, وَمَنْ مَلَكَ الْفُرْسِ فَهُوَ كِسْرَى The one who rules over the Persians, he is known as Kisra. وَمَنْ مَلَكَ الْتُرْكِ فَهُوَ خَاقَان Or Khan. We have Khan or Khaqan. You know, there was a great sheikh by the name of, you know, Hazrat Imam Khaqani. Hazrat Khaqani. Khaqan is the name of, or they call it Khan. He is the leader of the Turkish tribes. The one who rules over Turks, he is a Khan. What they call there, like Genghis Khan. Halaku Khan. Yani Sultan. According to them, Khan is the head of the tribe. So like this, mashallah, in the Sharh mentions, these are the different, and for the believers, our leader is called Amir al-Mu'mineen. Then in regards to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu Umar, Abi Hafs means he is the father of Hafsa, who is his daughter. And why Abu Hafs? Even though he's also Abu Abdullah. But Hafsa was the wife of Rasulullah Abdullah, he's also Abu Abdullah. But why Hafs? Because Hafsa was older and because of the fact that she was Ummul Mu'mineen. Radiallahu ta'ala anha. So he was Abu Hafs, the father of Hafsa, the son of Khattab, and the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who was Ibn Nufayl, Umar ibn Khattab, ibn Nufayl, ibn Abdul Uzza, ibn Riyah, ibn Abdullah, ibn Qurat, ibn, ibn Razah, right? Ibn Adi, Ibn Kaab, Ibn Luay, Ibn Al-Adawi, Al-Qurashi. Yajtami'u ma'an Nabiya fi Kaab, Al-Abithamin. He says he meets up with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his lineage in the eighth forefather. So he is from the same, when you go back, and the eighth father, when you go, he meets up and he is the, from the same great, great, great grandfather, eight generations. 
And he accepted Islam as is mentioned in the sixth year of, of, of Nubuwa. When there was Arba'ina Rajulan wa Ashara Niswa, Kama Qala Sa'id ibn al Musayyib, that there was 40 men and 10 women at that time. Sayyidina Umar who was the narrator of this hadith, Abu Hafs, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, at the time of the sixth year of prophethood, the very early stage, when there was 40 men, only 40 men and 10 women. And it says, كَانَ ذَلِكَ بِدَعْوَةِ الْمُصْطَفَى صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لِمَا قَالَ عَلَيْهِ أَفْضَرُ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ اللَّهُمَّ أَعِزَّ الْإِسْلَامَ بِأَحَبَّ الرَّجُلَيْنِ إِلَيْكِ بِأُمَرِ بْنِ الْخَطَّابِ أَوْ بِعَمَرِ بْنِ هِشَامِ Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu made this dua, Oh Allah, give izzah and strengthen Islam through the, those two who are most beloved to you. Which one is more beloved? Amr ibn Hisham, who was also known as Abu Jahl. Amr ibn Hisham, Ya Allah, you give hidayah to the one who is most beloved to you. Or Umar ibn Khattab. فَكَانَ أَحَبُّهُمَا إِلَيْهِ Umar ibn Khattab. And the most beloved of them to Allah Azza wa Jalla, eventually he, it was Umar ibn Khattab that accepted Islam. Also it's mentioned, as narrated by Anas ibn Malik, that one day, the, the early stages of Umar radiallahu in the six years when the Prophet had accepted, Umar radiallahu was one of the staunchest enemies and he was on the forefront of torturing and persecuting the Muslims. And Anas ibn Malik narrates that one day he just got fed up. He couldn't take it anymore. He came out with a sword around his neck. A man from the Bani Zuhra, he came. And he said, Aina ta'amidu ya Umar? Where are you going, Umar? You're so angry. Uridu an Muhammadan. He said, I'm coming for no other intention. I'm going to kill Muhammad. صلى الله عليه وسلم والإياذ بالله من ذلك فقال وكيف تأمن في بني هاشم وبني زهرة وقد قتلت محمدا How are you going to save yourself from Banu Hashim and Banu زهرة When you're going to try to attack Muhammad and kill him You don't think that they're going to retaliate قال لهمر ما أراك إلا قد سبأت وتركت دينك الذي أنت عليه Oh, you're also one of them. I see you as you're also right somebody who jumped ship. You're also somebody who has abandoned the religion of his forefathers then. That's what it seems like. You also want some of this. That's what he's saying. قَالَ أَفَلَا أَدُلُّكَ عَلَى الْعَجَبِ يَا عُمَرَ Omar, should I tell you something more strange than what you're saying? Huh? Should I tell you something more strange? إِنَّ أُخْتَكَ وَخَتَنَكَ أَبَا سَعِيدِ بْنِ زَيْدِ أَحَدُ الْعَشَرَ الْمُبَشِّرِينَ بِالْجَنَّةِ قَدْ أَسْلَمَا Your brother-in-law and your sister Fatima, both of them have accepted Islam. That's more unusual than me. Don't worry about me leaving Islam. Go fix your own house. And this Sa'id bin Zayd, Sa'id bin Zayd was one of the people that the Prophet promised him Jannah in this life. He was one of the Ashara Mubashara, Sa'id bin Zayd. And Sa'id bin Zayd was the brother-in-law of Umar radiallahu <laughs> He came and he heard from behind the door there was Khabbab ibn al-Arat. He was from the Muhajireen and he was reciting something. فَلَمَّا سَمِعَ خَبَّابٌ حَسَّ عُمَرٌ 
وحس عمر توارى في البيت فدخل عليهما فقال ما هذه الهينمة التي سمعتها عندكم he saw that when he heard Umar radiallahu anh coming and making noise and making a commotion Khabbab went behind the, went behind the curtain and hid Umar radiallahu anh broke in and he said what is the sounds that I was hearing there was a singing there was this humming that I heard there so then were you reciting فَقَالَ لَوْ خَتَنُهُ أَرَأَيْتَ يَا عُمَرَ إِنْ كَانَ الْحَقِّ O Amar, what if the truth was in other than your deen? Don't you think that that is a possibility? That there can be a truth other than that way that you are following? Do you think that you are only the one who is right? Don't you give a chance to learn that there might be a possibility of truth in something other than what you've been taught? فَوَثَبَ عُمَرَ عَلَىٰ خَتَنِهِ فَوَطِئَهُ وَطْعًا شَدِيدًا Umar jumped and attacked his uh, brother-in-law, and he severely beat him up. And his sister jumped to stop him from this beating, and he hit his sister on the head, and he caused her to believe. And she said in the anger, he says, despite how much you might hate it, O Umar, نَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَنَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ الرَّسُولُ اللَّهِ No matter how much, عَلَىٰ رَغْمِ أَنْفِكْ no matter what you say, O oh Omar, we are Muslims and we bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship but Allah and Muhammad is His Messenger. She's the sister of Omar. If he's Omar, then she's the sister of Omar. He completely became hopeless. He said, these guys, they're not giving up. I can beat the, I'm going to beat the lights out of them. If I kill them, they're, gonna ready, they're ready to die for it. So what happened? Okay. Okay. الذي عندكم فأقرأه وكان عمر يقرأ الكتب عمر said what is this, this book that you people have give it to me so I can read it you say it's the truth so give it to me let me read it and Umar was able to read so not everybody was بعث في الأميين رسولا that you know there was a messenger that was sent to the illiterate peoples all of the Quraysh were not illiterates here is Umar saying give it to me so I can read فَقَالَتْ لَهُ أُخْتُهُ You know, this is a, be compassionate. Be compassionate, be merciful. This is his sister. You're dirty, you're filthy, you can't touch it. Right? What does she say? لَا يَمَسُّهُ إِلَّا الْمُطَهَّرُونَ None shall touch this except those who are pure. فَقُمْ فَاخْتَسِلْ أَوْ تَوَضَّعْ Go and make ghusl or make wudu. And look at Umar This is the reality of these people were staunch, but they were seekers of truth. If they were haters, or if they were vicious, or if they were violent, or whatever they were, but in their hearts, they were seekers of truth. Even when they went against the Prophet, even when they denied the Prophet, was because they thought that this was the true path. They thought that they were right. They thought that Muhammad ﷺ is teaching, right, the father to separate from the son and the son to separate from his family and to break up the tribes apart and curse the idols, whereas the Prophet never cursed idols. And the Prophet never intended to uh, teach breaking of ties. Rather, he taught joining of ties. Anyways, فَقَامَ فَتَوَضَّى He stood up and he went to make wudu. ثُمَّ أَخَذَ الْكِتَابَ فَقَرَأَ طَاهَا SubhanAllah. He picked up the book he picked up those pages 
and he read Taha until he got to the section or that, that ayah, Innani ana Allah. Verily I am Allah. La ilaha illa ana. There is no one worthy of worship but me. Fa'budni. Worship me alone. Wa'aqimis salat ali dhikri. And establish the prayer for my remembrance. Faqala Umar, dalluni ala Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Take me to Muhammad. So when he said this, he went to be taken to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. فَانْطَلَقَ Umar حَتَّى أَتَى الدَّارِ And he was in Darul Arqam, the house of Arqam where they would secretly hold uh, gatherings. قَالَ وَعَلَى الْبَابِ حَمْزَ Hamza radiallahu anhu already accepted Islam. وَطَلْحَ وَنَاسُ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Who was Talha and who is Hamza? Hamza أَسَدُ اللَّهِ وَأَسَدُ رَسُولِهِ and Talha, the Prophet said, if anybody wants to see a shaheed that is walking the earth, look at Talha. His whole body was covered with wounds. He literally, on the battle of Uhud, he put his body like a shield and he was covered with arrows. And he said, anybody wants to see a walking shaheed, look at Talha. These people were warriors. So they were at the door. فَلَمَّا رَأَى حَمْزَ وَجِلَ الْقَوْمِ مِنْ عُمَرِ when they saw, uh, when, 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 فَلَمَّا رَأَى حَمْزَةُ وَجِلَ الْقَوْمُ مِنْ عُمَرِ So Hamza saw him, all of the people got scared. It's Umar, Umar is coming. قَالَ حَمْزَ نَعَمْ هَذَا عُمَرِ فَإِنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ فَإِنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ بِعُمَرِ خَيْرًا يُسْلِمْ وَيَتْبَعُ النَّبِي وَإِنْ يَكُنْ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ يَكُنْ قَتْلُهُ عَلَيْنَا هَيِّنًا He says, let him go. He says, if he has any good intention to accept Islam, he will accept Islam and he will follow the Prophet. And if he has no intention, he intends to harm the Prophet. Killing him is nothing for us. We will stop him right in his tracks right here. He cannot even touch the Prophet. Allahu Akbar. Qala wa nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi And the Prophet at that moment, revelation was being revealed to him. فَخَرَجَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ حَتَّى أَتَى عُمَرُ He came out until he stood in front of Umar. فَأَخَذَ بِمَجَامِعِ ثَوْبِهِ وَحَمَائِلِ السَّيْفِ He grabbed his, his, his collar and he grabbed the, 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 the place of the sword. أَمَا أَنْتَ أَمَا أَنْتَ يَا عُمَرْ حَتَّى يَنْزِلَ اللَّهُ بِكَ مِنَ الْخِزِي وَالنَّكَالِ مَا أَنْزَلَ بِالْوَلِيدِ مِنْ مُغِيرًا Oh Umar, what are you waiting for? Do you want that the disgrace and punishment of Allah should descend upon you like it descended upon Walid bin Mughira? Allahumma hadha Umar ibn al-Khattab. Allahumma izza al-Islam bi Umar ibn al-Khattab. Oh Allah, this is Umar ibn al-Khattab. Oh Allah, give strength in Islam through Umar ibn al-Khattab. Faqala Umar, ashhadu annaka Rasulullah. Say Umar radiyallahu anhu. He said, I bear witness that you are the messenger of Allah. Or in a riwayah, Ibn Abbas says, he says, أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ لَعَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ فَكَبَّرَ أَهْلُ الدَّارِ تَكْبِيرَةً سَمِعَهَا أَهْلُ الْمَسْجِدِ So all of the entire dar, Darul Arqam, they, all of them said takbir, Allahu Akbar. So when a person accepts Islam, it's good to say takbir, it's sunnah. فَكَبَّرَ أَهْلُ الدَّارِ تَكْبِيرَةً that even the sound of the takbir went to Masjid al-Haram. Right? Then he said, Ya Rasulullah, alasna ala al-haq? 
in mitna wa in hayna are we not on the truth o messenger of allah qala bala of course walladhi nafsi bi yadihi innakum ala al haqq wa in muttum wa in huyitum qala fa fi fa fi ma al ikhtifa then o messenger of allah if we are on the truth why should we hide walladhi ba'athaka bil haqq la tukhrijanna you will come out, Ya Rasulullah. فَخَرَجَ فِي صَفَّيْنِ حَمْزَ فِي أَحَدِهِمَا وَعُمَرَ فِي الْآخَرِ And they came out in rows. Hamza was on one side of the row. Umar radiallahu was on the other side of the row. حَتَّى دَخَلُوا الْمَسْجِدِ Until they entered Masjid Al-Haram, which had not happened from the time that the Prophet ﷺ accepted Islam. All the time they were doing their gatherings, hiding in Darul Arqam. فَنَظَرَتْ قُرَيْشِ إِلَى حَمْزَ وَإِلَى عُمَرَ the people looked at Hamza in front, in front of one row, and then Umar in the front of the other row. Hmm? They were afflicted by such a depression and grief and fear that they were not gripped by such fear and depression ever. And they put their heads down. It was on that day that Umar radiallahu anhu was given the name Al-Faruq, the divider. The divider between truth and falsehood. That's it. We find in Aminja Faisalish Mekunim. That's it. Right here, we're going to decide this matter. We're not going to hide no more. This is the truth, and this is the final matter. So, Faruq is what? Alladhi yafriqu bayna al-haqqi wal-baatih. Allahu Akbar. وَصَحَّ أَنَّهُ لَمَّا أَسْلَمَ نَزَلَ جِبْرِيلِ And it is authentic narration that when he accepted Islam, Jibreel a.s. descended and said, Ya Muhammad, قَدْ اسْتَبْشَرَ أَهْلُ السَّمَاءِ بِإِسْلَامِ عُمَرِ That all the, the angels of the heavens are rejoicing by the Islam of Umar. Allahu Akbar. وَأَنَّ الْمُشْرِكِينَ قَالَ قَدْ انْتَصَفَ الْقَوْمَ الْيَوْمِ مِنَّا وَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُصْطَفَى يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِيُّ حَسْبُكَ اللَّهُ وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَكَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And this verse was revealed to the Prophet. O oh, oh Prophet, حَسْبُكَ اللَّهُ Sufficient for you is Allah and sufficient for you is those who follow you amongst the believers. وَقَالَ أَيْضًا It has been said by, by some of the by scholars of Islam, كَانَ إِسْلَامُهُ فَتْحًا the Islam of Sayyidina Umar was a victory. وَهِجْرَتُهُ نَصْرًا And his hijrah was an assistance for Islam. وَإِمَامَتُهُ رَحْمًا And his being a leader for the Muslims was a mercy. وَلَقَدْ رَأَيْتُنَا وَمَا نَسْتَطِيعُ أَن نُصَلِّيَ إِلَى الْبَيْتِ حَتَّى أَسْلَمْ And we were in such a situation that if you were to see us before Umar, we were not even able to pray facing towards the Qibla. We would not even be able to pray in Masjid Al-Haram before Umar. فَقَاتَلَهُمْ حَتَّى تَرَكُونَا وَسَبِيلَنَا And he fought with them or he defended us until they left us to, to, and they would not say anything to us after that. Subhanallah. قَالَ Suhaib, And Suhaib was the one who led the janazah of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. Allahu Akbar. Who was a slave. Suhaib al-Rumi. لَمَّا أَسْلَمَ Umar جَلَسْنَا حَوْلَ الْكَعْبَةِ when Umar accepted Islam, we sat around the Kaaba. وَتَحَلَّقْنَا And we made halaqas. وَطُفْنَا وَانْتَصَفْنَا مِمَّنْ غَلَضَ عَلَيْنَا And we made tawaf. And we 
anyone who has had taken, uh, who, anybody who was harsh upon us, we did not worry about them again. وَحَكَّمَهُ اللَّهُ فِي الْعَنَاسِلِ الْعَرْبَةِ This is an interesting thing in this commentary. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the four elements subservient to Umar. You guys heard of the avatars, right? Fire, water, air. Umar radiallahu had all, all four of them. Allah had made subservient to him the fire, the water, the wind, and the earth. The four elements was made subservient to Umar. How is that? حَكَّمَهُ اللَّهُ فِي الْعَنَاسِلِ Allah had made him, made subservient to him the four elements. الْرِيحُ وَالْتُرَابُ وَالْمَاءُ وَالنَّارِ The first one is one time Umar radiallahu anhu, he was in the, giving a, a khutbah, and in the middle of the khutbah, he said, يَا سَارِيَةَ الْجَبَلْ يَا سَارِيَةَ الْجَبَلْ O Sariya, towards the mountain. O Sariya, towards the mountain. When Sariya came back from the Ghazwa, he was in a battle. He said, Ya Umar, you know, we got Fatah. I heard your voice. The enemy was coming from the other side. We were faced this way. You told us to face the mountain. I heard your voice. And when we turned, I sent the troops to that direction and they defended. Otherwise, we would have got defeated. He said, Alhamdulillah. He said, that was the wind that carried the voice of Umar. Allah had made the wind subservient to him. That was the first one. And as for the earth, there was an earthquake that took place in the time of Umar. Such to such an extent that the mountains were shaking. And Sayyidina Umar went on top of the mountain and he put his foot. He said, this is Umar. If I have not done justice, then continue to shake. But if I have done justice by Allah, you must stop. If I have not done justice, if Umar is not Adil, then shake. But if Umar has done Adil, then I, I, I command you to stop by the will of Allah. And it stopped. And it never shook like that ever again from the time Umar said so. This was in Medina. That was the earth. And they said that in Egypt, every year the Nile River would overflow and it would flood all of the crops and it would destroy those surrounding areas. And what they would do according to the tradition of their forefathers, they would slaughter a human being or a virgin girl and they would throw it in the ocean and it would calm down. Sayyidina Umar said, this is not going to happen under my, under my rulership. Under my imara, such shirk will not take place. This uh, uh, Neil, this river, has been overtaken by a shaitan. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu wrote a letter to the Nile River. These are the khulafa of this, of this ummah, writing letters to the river. You write, we write letters to, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, your own son, people don't even listen nowadays, you know. Here's Sayyidina Umar writing a letter to, his, to the river. وَمِمَّا هُوَ مَكْتُوبٌ فِي إِنَّكَ إِن تَطْلَعْ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ if you are rising by the command of Allah, then rise. We cannot stop you. You are ma'mur min indillah. You are commanded by Allah. If you are being commanded by Allah, then rise. We have nothing to do with that. وَإِن كُنْتَ تَطْلَعْ مِنْ عِنْدِ نَفْسِكَ فَلَا حَاجَةَ لَنَا And if you're rising because of your own self, we don't need you to rise and mess up our crops. فَلَمْ يَلْقَ فِيهِ بَعْدُ ذَلِكَ after that day, there was no need to slaughter a virgin girl and throw her inside of the river. 
After that day, there was no need for such a thing. It never rose again. In the time, in that time from time of Umar. That was his control over the water. That doesn't mean he took the water and he would like shoot it like that or something like that. This is talking about it in a different way. And how he had control of the fire, for those who don't know, Medina Munawwara and the surrounding areas are volcanic. They have actually volcanic mountains there. And in the time of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu volcano had erupted and there was lava that was coming to the direction of Medina. فَلَمَّا جَاءَتِ النَّارِ ضَجَّ الْمُسْلِمُونَ Then when the fire and the, and the, and the uh, 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 lava started coming, the Muslims became afraid. So the Muslims came to Umar. فَقَالِ لِغُلَامِهِ خُذْ هَذَا الرِّدَى فَإِذَا جَاءَتِ النَّارِ فَارْدُدْهُ فِي وَجْهِكِ وَقُلْ يَا نَارُ هَذَا رِدَاءُ عُمَرِ فَهِيَ تَرْجِعُ لِوَقْتِهَا he says, he gave his, 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 his shawl. He said, uh, take this shawl, O oh my servant. And when you go near the fire, say, this is the shawl of Umar. Put it in that, put it in front of the fire. All of these ariwayat are authentic and they're actually narrated in Hayatul Sahaba. These are from the karamat of the greatest of awliya. فَلَمَّا جَاءَتِ النَّارُ ضَجَّ الْمُسْلِمُونَ فَأَخَذَ الْغُلَامِ So when the fire started coming, this servant, he took the rida of Umar and he put it in front of the fire. وَخَرَجَ بِهِ إِلَىٰ ظَاهِرِ الْمَدِينَةِ فَرَدَّهُ عَلَىٰ وَجْهِهِ كَمَا أَمَرَهُ سَيِّدُهُ وَقَالَ يَا نَارُ اِرْجِعِي هَذَا رِدَاءُ عُمَرْ فَرَجَعَتْ فِي الْحَالِ وَلَمْ تَعُدْ And he would say, he was saying, Oh fire, this is the, this is the, 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 the scarf of Umar. This is the mantle of Umar. And he was pushing it until it went back and it left the city. رضي الله عنه وارضاه this was Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. This is the one who is narrating this hadith. See, we didn't even get to the hadith. This is how much kalam that was needed to be mentioned. Regarding uh, this hadith of Inna al-A'mal of So with that being said, a couple of points about Inna al-A'mal al-Niyad. Verily, all the deeds will be assessed by the intentions. Meaning any deed that we do, and any action that we do, it will only be valid, and it only be accepted, and only be considered, it will be assessed by the intention. The ulama mentioned, هُوَ أَحَدُ الْأَحَادِيثِ الَّتِي عَلَيْهَا مَدَارُ الْإِسْلَامِ Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, rahimahullah says, هُوَ أَحَدُ الْأَحَادِيثِ الَّتِي عَلَيْهَا مَدَارُ الْإِسْلَامِ This is one of those ahadith that is the foundation of Islam. Yani Islam revolves around this hadith. قال الإمام أحمد والشافعي رحمهم الله يدخل في حديث الأعمال بالنيات ثلث العلم That in this one hadith, one third of knowledge can be included in this hadith. One third of knowledge. How is that? وسبب ذلك أن كسب العد يكون بقلبه ولسانه the actions of a person is either by his heart or by his tongue or by his actions. So when they say this is one third of knowledge. So knowledge is what? Knowledge either has to do with what we do with our tongues, what we do with our bodies, 
or what we do with our hearts. That's what knowledge pertains to. When we seek knowledge, what does knowledge encompass? Jawarih, lisan, and qalb. And innamal a'malu bil-niyat, the actions are based upon intentions, this relates to the heart. So it is one-third of knowledge. وَرُوِيَ عَنِ الشَّافِعِيِّ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى It is attributed to Imam al-Shafi'i يَدْخُلُ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ فِي سَبْعِينَ بَابًا مِنَ الْفِقْرِ Seventy chapters of fiqh are related to this. Seventy chapters of fiqh or seventy masail of fiqh are related to this. And in another narration, one of the fuqaha said, وَالَّذِي أَرَاهُ أَنَّهُ يَدْخُلُ فِي كُلِّ الْفِقْرِ he said, this is not 70 chapters. Every chapter of fiqh falls under this category because no action can be valid without intention. So every action that we do involves niyat, intention. If I'm doing an action and I don't intend Allah, is that action acceptable? I'm doing an action, I'm praying, but I'm not praying for Allah. I'm praying so somebody else can think I'm very pious. I'm praying so, you know, I can show off to someone else. That, now that was my intention. I will not be rewarded for that. You understand? So, from this we understand that every deed that we do, niyat and intention is related to that. وَاسْتَحَبَّ الْعُلَمَاءُ and the ulama have considered it mustahab. And the ulama have considered it preferable and recommended an tustaftaha al-musannafad bihad al-hadith. That the books should commence with this hadith. Whenever you start a book, you should start with this book, with this hadith. وَمِمَّنْ ابْتَدَأَ بِهِ فِي أَوَّلِ كِتَابِهِ الْإِمَامِ أَبُوْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ الْبُخَارِ And the one who has commenced his book with this hadith is Abu Abdullah al-Bukhari, Imam al-Bukhari. وَقَالَ عَبْدُ الرَّحْمَنِ بْنُ مَهْدِي Abdul Rahman ibn Mahdi is considered Amir al-Mu'mineen fil hadith. He says, يَنْبَغِي لِكُلِّ مَنْ صَنَّفَ كِتَابًا أَنْ يَبْدَأَ فِيهِ بِحَاذِ الْحَدِيثِ That for anyone who is beginning a book, he should begin with this hadith. تَنْبِيهًا لِلطَّالِبِ عَلَى تَسْخِيهِ النِّيَةِ so that he can remind the student to rectify his intention. And all of us who are right now studying this 40 hadith of Imam Nawawi, we should commence with this hadith and remind ourselves of this hadith to renew our intentions. That we will receive only that which we intend. If we intend good, we will receive good. If you plant an apple seed, an apple tree will grow. If you plant a mango seed, a mango tree will go. One of our mashayikh, Hazrat Shah Abdul Ghani, he said, the word niya, some of the lughawiyin, some of the linguists say, the word niya comes from nawa, which is seed. This is one of the yani, root words that is a possibility that this is where niya is taking from. Nawa. Noon, waw, alif, ta, mudawwara. Nawa. Kanawat tamr Nawa. Like the seed of a date. Niya. The word niya, intention, comes from the root word of nawa, which means seed. Because your intention is the seed of your action. If you intend good and your intentions are good, your actions will give fruit. 
And if your intentions are wrong, then that action might look apparently good, but the end result of that would be evil. Like a person who prays salah, the action is very good, but the intention of that salah is to show off for somebody else. And what did Allah say about that? فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ Woe be upon those who pray. الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ Those who are completely unmindful of their prayer. الَّذِينَ هُمْ يُرَاؤُونَ And their intention is riyaq. Their intention is popularity, reputation. Their intention is how I can become famous in front of other people or how I can, people can consider me to be pious. You see, that intention for such a noble action made that noble action become the most worthless action. And not only that action, which is the yani, miftahul jannah, as-salah miftahul jannah, fasarat hadihi salat biniyatin fasida miftahul nar. As-salat hiya miftahul jannah. وَلَكِنْ صَارَتْ بِنِيَّةٍ فَاسِدَةٍ مِفْتَاحُ النَّارِ That which is the key to Jannah, Salah, became the key to hellfire. Because the intention was fasid. Allah Akbar. So our mashayikh say, your intention is the seed of your action. You could do an action of dunya, a worldly action. Go and earn money. Go and open up a business. But in opening up a business, your intention is, Ya Allah, how can I feed my family? How can I earn halal? How can I get this job and become successful so I can go for hajj? So I can help the poor? So I can open up an orphanage? Every minute in that store, which seems like he's doing a worldly action, is actually an afterworldly action. It's an action of the akhirah. It's an action of Jannah, even though he's sitting in his business. Because of his intention. SubhanAllah. And a person is in prayer in the masjid, but he's like, how can people pay me money? And I could get more money, and I could get more likes, and I could get more reputation by praying, so I could show to people how pious I am. That action becomes an action of the hellfire and of the dunya. Look at the difference. So never, be, never, get, never underestimate it's about the internal reality, not the external shell. If you don't have the niyyah, and you will only get what you intend. This is just, the, I'm just giving a little bit of the summary. Inshallah, the, actually that we don't have time for the commentary of the hadith. Inshallah, the commentary is coming. But what this is saying is, why it is necessary that every book should commence with this hadith. Every action should commence with this hadith. Every deed should commence with this hadith. Another interesting thing that it mentions. The reality of the linguistically, what is the meaning of niyyah? It's your motive, your intention. What is your objective? What is your motive? What internally are you actually, do you, what do you want? What is your cost? What are you trying to get? That's why the greatest of all intentions is what? The greatest of all intentions is to please Allah Azza wa Jab tu mera to sab mera, falak mera zameen meri, agar ik tu nahi mera to koi shay nahi meri. My Shaykh Rahmatullah said, Oh Allah, if you are mine, 
then everything is mine. The heavens are mine and the earth is mine. And oh Allah, if you are not mine, then nothing is mine. In your qasd, when you have Allah's rida, the rida of Allah, that's it. Everything else comes after that. Practice to make this your intention. Ya Allah, I'm praying for you. Ya Allah, I'm showing kindness because of you. I'm doing, saying a good word because this lint that I'm picking up from the masjid, I am doing it for you. Ya Allah, this salat I'm doing for you. Ya Allah, this dars I'm doing for you. And when you make this a practice, practice the awareness and intending Allah in everything you do. This is for you, O oh Allah. That is what bring, brings power in your actions. That's what puts spirit in your actions. That's what brings jan in your actions, life. That's what makes certain people, they, they speak or they do something and it's lifeless. Because they're not doing it for Allah. You know all these wars that are fought for money? They, 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 those wars don't, nobody wins a war with, with fighting for money. Those people who fight for Allah, for Jannah. Those people who fight for their land. Those people who fight to preserve their families. Right? You're fighting for your life. There's an interesting story that my grandpa used to say. He said one time there was a, there was a, 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 you know, a, a person who was a hunter. He used to hunt with hounds. He used to hunt with hounds. So he trained that hound for like years. Training and training and training the hounds. And one day, you know, after, you know, five years of training, he went and he sent the hounds to go, you know, and uh, chase the deer down or whatever, or the rabbit or the deer. So when he came and, you know, the hounds, they failed and the rabbits got away. So then the, uh, the master got angry and he smacked the hound and he said, you know, what type of hound are you? I trained you for five years. I wasted all my money on you. He said, see... I was, I'm fighting when I'm doing it for money. You're doing it for money. I was doing it for this. That rabbit was running for the sake of his life. I'm running because of a, you know, you know, a dog biscuit. He's running for his life. Intention changes everything. He's running to save his own life. And this guy's running for a dog biscuit. You know? So understand that the, the, the kuwat and the strength and the weight of a person's words and the weight of a person's actions is dependent from, it starts from that intention which is the foundation of all deeds. وَحُكْمُهَا الْوُجُوبِ What is its ruling? What is the ruling of intention? It's wajib. It's necessary that in every action we have to have a correct intention. To such an extent that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu said that when we have intimacy with our wives and we have marital relations, at that time to make an intention to save out oneself from zina, to intend pious and righteous offspring, to intend that I am guarding my eyes and I am guarding myself and I'm guarding my chastity, subhanAllah. Then that action becomes an act of worship. Can you imagine? Even in that particular act, intention is, is, is so important. In everything that we do, it is necessary that وَحُكْمُهَا الْوُجُوبُ You can't just go and do things without having an intention. Why I'm doing this? And you don't have to 
verbalize it. You don't have to say it with your tongue. Aniyatul amalul qalb. Niya is the action of the heart. You should make a practice of reflecting, of consciously doing those actions. And then after you've made intention, see the enjoyment that you get in those deeds. The enjoyment and the satisfaction and the contentment of heart that you feel after doing that when making a proper intention. I'm going to the masjid because this is the house of Allah. This is the house of my beloved so I can seek knowledge, so I can become a better person, so I can get the du'as of the angels, so I can get 27 times reward for the salat that I perform. All of these intentions. Then imagine, then, then feel in your heart the value and, and, and the, 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 how do you say, the, the gravity of those deeds that you do. They become more weightier. They become more powerful. So it's wajib. You shouldn't leave any action without making a proper intention. وَمَحَلُّهَا الْقَلْبِ The place of it is the, is the heart, not the tongue. وَزَمَنُهَا أَوَّلُ الْعِبَادَةِ And the time you're supposed to do it before you commence that action. Or at the time of commencing that action. You understand? قال أبو عبيد ليس في الأحاديث أجمع وأغنى وأكثر فائدة منه. There is no hadith which is more comprehensive, which is more beneficial, and gives more benefit than this hadith. May Allah Taala give us tawfiq to understand what has been said. Inshallah, we will continue with actual commentary further upon this hadith starting next week. Inshallah Taala.